Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Everybody, welcome back to the Believe in Temple Football Podcast, Season One, Episode Ten. I'm John DeCarlo, joined again by Adam DeMichael, and we have a special guest with us today, Temple offensive lineman Adam Klein. Adam, just before we started recording, the other Adam here, Adam DeMichael, was joking about how long you've you've been with the program. You're getting a COVID year now, but I'm sure everybody's uh, Glad to have you back. Thanks for, for joining us. How you doing? And uh, have you been? How are the holidays and everything? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, it has felt like I've been here for a little while. Uh, I mean, it's only been, I guess, it'll be coming up on fourth year, four years at the end of this semester. Um, but it's been one hell of a ride. You know, a lot of ups and downs, um, dealing with COVID, dealing with everything like that. So, I mean, I'm just appreciative to still be here, have one more, one more shot with the guys. Um, one last ride. So I've been having a good time. Um, holidays were great. Uh, I had a good Christmas with the family. Um, so everything's been going well. Uh, New Year's was great. Uh, you know, spent time with family, spent time with some good friends from home. So it's been a good time. You know, finally got back on campus a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it's time to get back rolling with winter workouts and get this show on the road. Do you miss Adam DeMichael on the staff? Do you miss this guy? <laughs> you miss me? Of course, I miss uh, AD. You know that's my guy. So yeah, uh, it, I was, as I was just saying earlier, man. It's um, it's good to see a familiar face. Um, and like I said, I've talked to a few of the players and stuff, but you were always a constant. I always, again, I ain't trying to toot your horn at all, but you were always a constant. Someone that I knew that whenever I left was going to uphold the, the Temple brand. You know, the alumni will be proud because of the things that you've done, man. So before we start, obviously, thank you for the stuff that you've done for our university. Um, and I know, like I said, man, you spend a lot of time with your family. You your, what, you got three brothers, right? Yeah, I got three, all, three older brothers. Yeah, so. three older brothers who used to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. So um, they spent a lot of time whenever, you know, we were recruiting you, and then those guys came over. They were, they were a good little uh, – a good group right there, man. So we're excited to have you on, man. Thanks. Um, thanks, thanks, my buddy Rich Berg. I have to re- reach out to Rich. I haven't talked to him in a while. Thanks for setting that up. He's a good dude, too. So there's a lot of people that they're down there, John, that I, that I miss, and I'm looking forward to coming back down and checking some things out soon. Your road trip. You said you're going to come out sometime in the spring. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'm hoping that we're good to come down for alumni day. Klein, how old are you, Klein? I want my 22. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Maybe we can have some a little a little pizza, or a little slice of pie over at Max's, buddy. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Good hey, Adam, you were that. you were one of the guys. You were one of the players that came to Stan Drayton's press conference last month. Uh, what, what made you want to be there? And what, when you were watching him talk or listening to him talk, what were your first impressions that day when you were listening to him just talking and answering questions and everything? Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, I'm a big guy on, you know, making a good, good first impression. Um, and you know, I'm only, I only, like I said, I'm only 30 minutes away. I live only 30 minutes away from, uh, temple. So it was a quick ride over during break. So I wanted to get over and I wanted to, you know, introduce myself to, you know, coach Drayton, uh, kind of get a, you know, kind of get a feel for who he is as a person uh, and who he is as a man. You know, I got to meet his family. I got to meet him, got to have a little talk, a conversation with him, which was awesome. Um, and like where he sees this program going and what he wants to do with it. And, you know, he made a great first impression on me, especially at the press conference. You know, he said everything. He said all the right things. He said, I mean, I was kind of fired up during it. Um, so I was, I was ready to go after he was talking. So, I mean, he made a great first impression and I was just, I was excited. I was ready to get to, I was ready to start right away. Um, but you know, I think he has a great vision and I think he's a, he's a great leader and I'm excited to see where he takes us and have us just, you know, keep climbing, keep stacking days. And a month, a month in again, it's, I mean, you guys haven't, there's been no spring ball yet, obviously still a lot of football left ahead of you, but you know, before we started recording, you were mentioning the, you know, the, the event that you guys just did in the community and, and, uh, helping to install, um, smoke alarms and stuff like that, even just, beyond you know what you saw last month and spending a little bit of time around them um does it kind of reaffirm everything you felt you know back in december when he was hired yeah exactly um like i thought that was the like an ultimate you know really good impression 
on, especially on our community, you know, um, it was a devastating, um, event that happened in Fairmont with the fires. And yeah, brutal. I think it was, it was really important for us to, you know, to get out there and, you know, show our support, show our support to the community because, you know, they deserve it because they support us. So we should support them. Um, and, you know, coach Drayton, that was one of the first things that he talked about at our first team meeting was to get out there and we're going to go out there. We're going to help our community. We're going to show our faces. And we're going to, we're going to make sure that they know that we care about them and that they care about, and then they know that they care about us. So it was really important for us to get out there. And I think that was a, a perfect way to start it. They kickstart this semester. Um, and I'm excited to see what other things we're doing in the community later this year. Has he talked to you guys about like whether the, like uh, that leadership council is still going to be in place or his version of it. And if he's going to continue the single digit tradition. Um, I haven't heard uh, much about, you know, anything about leadership council or anything like that. Um, I think that's kind of still up in the air as everything's getting going. Uh, you know, everything's kind of new and fresh. So it'll kind of have, you know, all like new starts and, I am. I can't tell you 100 percent on what his philosophy is for going forward with those type of things. Um, I think that'll come as we get to know each other more, um, especially him and the team. You know, as he addresses us more in team meetings and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, um, I think whatever whatever plan he has, it's going to be a good one. And as long as we all buy in, we'll all be on the right track. Hey, Klein, hey, I'm not. I don't care what else he keeps. I don't care what else he does. Leadership council, no leadership council. Please just keep the single digit uh, thing going. Please just for me, Coach Drayton, if you're listening out there and your staff, I know you guys are highly uh, dug in on what me and John are talking about on a weekly basis. Please just do the single digits because it's it's one of the coolest things in the country, in my opinion, my my biased opinion. So, Klein, please have Coach Drayton. Just think about it. <laughs> but uh, how? So so for you, obviously, you know, you were with, Coach Trapodi, who I was a big fan of, and I'm sure you learned a lot of stuff from, you know, to have, you know, Weezy, Chris Weezahan back, who obviously recruited you here to Temple, um, who spent time with your family, who dug in on you, you know what I mean? Had you, you know what I mean? Does, is he making you your, your own lineman eat milkshakes and protein shakes at 5 a.m. and, yeah, it's you know, bad. filming pictures? And now Boozer's there too, right? Old man yeah. Boozer? Old man so Boozer. you have old man Boozer and, and Wheezy forcing you guys to, you know, eat 5,000 calories per day or lose whatever you got to do to lose weight. But how cool is it to have Wheezy back on staff? Uh, again, I mean, if you listen to one of our last podcasts, I thought it was a home run hire. I know John agreed. And then, you know, just tell us a little bit about, you know, his coaching style because he's done it all. But then when I sit there and I talk to Wheezy, I mean, the guy's super intelligent. So just tell the, the listeners a little bit about his style and then what it means to you to have him back on staff. Um, honestly, so that, <clears throat> that last part of your question, I was, I'm, I was ecstatic when I heard that, you know, coach Weezy was coming back. Uh, you know, I thank coach Chapote for all the work he's helped me for the past three years and he's done a great job with me and I couldn't thank him enough for it. But, um, you know, I had coach, coach Weezy was the guy that recruited me. Um, and he was my, he was my first offensive line coach in college and we had created a really good bond that freshman year. And I was, I was so excited when I heard that he was coming back, you know, um, I, I honestly was just, I, I couldn't stop smiling when I heard it, you know? So, you know, and he's a guy that for his coaching style, he's one of those guys that he, he's going to push you. I mean, you know, the first thing, you know, he tells me when I go back is just, you got to keep putting on weight, keep getting stronger. And, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not like he's been gone forever. It's like a homecoming. It's, it's, you know, it's time to get to work. And, that was something that, you know, always stood out to me with Coach Weez is that he always tells the truth and he's always and he's always blunt with you. Mm. He's not going to lie to you. He's not going to, you know, go around like he's not going to cut corners. He's going to tell you the truth. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. And um, and with his coaching style, it's exactly it's exactly the same. Um, he's going to be honest with you. He's going to tell you when you're doing something well. He's going to tell you something when, when you need to fix it. And that's something I really appreciate with Coach Weez is, is just his honesty and his loyalty because um, he – and when he says that he loves us, he means it. And mm -hmm. I, I can tell you that from day one. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the, one of the most admirable things about coach Weez is that, well, you know, you know, some people, when they tell you that they love you, like, you don't know if they really mean it, but mm -hmm. when I hear him say it, when I hear him say it to me, or I hear him say it to, you know, one of my family members, anything like that, or anybody of my teammates, like I know he means it. Um, so that's, something that I've always appreciated about Coach Weiss and something that I'm looking forward to, you know, 
know, even making that bond even stronger as we go forward this year in my last one. Um, and I couldn't think of a better coach to have, a position coach to have to lead us and to help mentor me in this final year as I, as I head out from Temple. Um, can I ask, sorry, him, can I ask him real quick? Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, can I ask him real quick. Does he, does he give you, does he give you guys that, that there's five stakes at the table line or was that just for reporters? Cause he would say to us, there are five stakes at the table and no matter <laughs> who wants to eat. And it would always, I remember hearing him say that. And I was like, this kind of sounds like a bit of a line, but I, you, you, the more you get to know him, like he means it. And I, it always cracked me up. And when I heard he was coming back, I texted him and I just sent him like five, like five steak emojis and it cracked him up. Like, is that, does he say that to you guys too? Is that something, or is that just a line that he reserves for reporters? Um, no, he, he definitely says that to us. Uh, he's, he's big on, he's big on those type of sayings. You know, he has a lot, he has a lot of those sayings. Uh-huh. Oh, the most things I've ever heard, John. Like, he could, <laughs> like what, I, he like could what else? Book. Are there other good ones that you can think of? Um, you know, he's always, uh, I mean, he's always talking about, you know, when, you know, we're out in front of the group talking in like meetings and stuff like that, uh, at least from what I remember my freshman year, it's, you know, it's your, you're interviewing to be a CEO of a company, you know? Um, so if you're, if you're talking under your breath, you're not talking loud enough, like you're getting fired, you're not getting that job you're not getting hired, you know, you know, it's like, how, how do you want to, how do you want to be remembered in that interview when you're speaking in front of your, in front of your peers, you got to act like you're the CEO of the company. You got to be able to raise your voice. You got to be able to speak out and, and tell it how it is <clears throat> and be like that. You know, he has a lot of those sayings and the five stakes at the table one is definitely true. I mean, he used to say freshman year and he means it. I mean, he wants the best five guys playing. He doesn't care where you're playing, who's playing, what position you play. He, he wants to put the best five guys out there and it's, it's your choice whether or not you want to go take one of those stakes. So it's up to you if you make that decision. But I mean, he means everything that he says. He has those like he has some of those sayings, which are pretty funny. And you know, they make you crack up a little bit. But uh it's funny how they actually, you know, they end up becoming true. I remember a real quick story. I remember when whenever Rule was looking for, you know, a line coach, he was interviewing Weez, who was at Hawaii. So we were zooming Weez at the time. It wasn't even Zoom, wasn't even created. It might have been, well, I don't think FaceTime was created to be cool. I don't even know what the heck it was. It might have been like uh <laughs> Whatever they want to, but anyways, to make a long story short, we're, we're in the, the staff room and it's me, Rule. It might have been Satterfield, and Weez is going through some drills, and it's probably like 10 minutes in, maybe like 12 minutes in, and Rule just cuts it off. He just shuts it off. He don't even say bye. He just stops the, the Zoom. And like Weez is calling me, like, and Rule's like, don't answer, don't answer it. So he like, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna hire Weez. Don't tell him, type of deal. So like he ended up, was interviewing Weez and like halfway through he just cut it off and like Weez was trying to get back onto the, to the Zoom call and he couldn't and Rolls telling us not to get him back on. He's like, yeah, we're gonna hire Weez. Like Weez is gonna be the guy. Like, yeah, we're good. But I think he was just trying to uh to mess with him a little bit, make him panic and try to get back on the Zoom. But I don't know how that popped up. But um anyway, to make next question I have for you. Um obviously, and this could be a pretty broad answer, it's just pretty short, straight to the point answer uh, question for you. Obviously, you guys were a little banged up up front. You know, guys in and out of the lineup, young guys, old guys, transfers. But really broad question, what are the expectations of the O-line as a group this season? I think the biggest thing, you know, coming into this season that I really want to help Coach Weez install into this group is that is that body blows mindset. Um, and I think that's something that, we really need to get back as an offensive line is is just repeatedly giving body blow after body blow after body blow at the line of scrimmage. And whatever you got to do is just keep giving body shots until that guy falls. And as many you got to take, as many as you got to hit, play after play, day after day is just – is that, you know, is that stack mindset – it's like that stack day mindset. And you just – you got you to keep taking body blows all day. And that's something that – is the expectation that I want to help Coach Weez. And I, I know, you know, obviously, you know, Isaac's had time with Coach Weez, so he knows a little bit about it too. So, you know, us, I really want us to be able to be leaders of this offensive line and really hold this offensive line to a new standard. And just to make sure that we need to understand that the program is going to have to run through us. And if it doesn't, we're not going to be successful. And you can look across all of America and any team, any any level, high school, college or professional, wherever you are, if your offensive line and defensive line aren't good, 
and they don't control the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win football games. So it's just the plain and simple truth. And that's something that the expectations I have for this group coming forward is, is you, we, we have to, we have to own the line of scrimmage and mm-hmm. it, it can't be a one time, one day thing, once a while, once in a while thing. That's being everyday mindset, everyday type thing. Otherwise it's not going to happen. So that's the biggest thing for me is expectation wise is I believe in every single one of those guys up front. I know they all can play and I just, we just need to install that mindset in them. And, and I think if we do and everybody buys in, it could be really special, especially yeah. up front. Yeah. You just, you just answered my next question. It was going to be about the, you know, the mindset of the team, the mindset, what needs to be different from, you know, the past few years to this group with a new staff, but you really pretty much just, you know what I mean? Knocked it out the park with, the body blows, the consistency, you know, guys taking full advantage of, advantage of the opportunity. So I'm going to skip my next question. I'm going to jump right into uh, some guys in the NFL that, you know, you had the opportunity to spend some time with, to learn from, you know, obviously Deion Dawkins, who's made a ton of money in the NFL, busting his butt, starting left tackle for the Buffalo Bills. You already know, you know what I mean, clothing lines. The dude's, a you know, a living legend right now in Buffalo. And like I said, you know, had a chance to play Kansas City. They play Kansas City this week, right? Yep. Play Kansas City and, you know, you know, continue to fight his way, trying to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and then you obviously have Henny, you know, Matt Hennessy, who's starting, um, you know, played a ton as a rookie and started, you know, last year. But just what's like, um, do you, are you motivated by the things that they've done? I know that, you know, there's a lot of things that you want to do in life. We all have different goals. Is the NFL one of them? Is it the, I know sometimes it's not the main goal for everybody, but, you know, just seeing the success that those guys had, on the field at Temple and then, you know, on the field in the NFL, how does that motivate you? And what does it mean to you? And, you know, when you, the offensive line, so I would, I would imagine that we gets those guys around a ton because he played a pivotal role in recruiting those guys and helped mold those guys to, to get to where they're at right now too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure those guys will be around sometime this spring, um, somewhere around the summer, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to, you know, get to play with Dion, but, you know, I got to, I've got to meet him a couple of times, um, working at a couple of his community service events and, you know, having a one-on-one conversation with him, he really understands what it means to be a Temple Tough offensive lineman and, you know, getting back to those roots and understanding what that means. And that's something I've got to, you know, I got to pick his brain on, you know, for whatever it was, maybe 10, 15 minutes and, you know, that was something that uh, that stuck with me. And you can tell, by the way, that, you know, he holds himself to a standard um, every day because, you know, NFL, it's you know, obviously everyone says it stands for not for long. And that guy's been killing it every day because, you know, obviously he brings it to work every day. Um, and same thing with Henny. I got to I got to play with Henny for two years. Uh, you know, I got to watch how he prepares before games, before lifts, um, for meetings, for practices. So, I got to understand what it what it really meant to have that type of mindset to get yourself ready for that next step and the next level. Um, and as for me, that's something that, you know, every kid's dream is to be able to play in the NFL. And that is something that I am shooting towards, and that's something I want to do. And I definitely want to, you know, I want to give it a shot. I mean, you only get one chance at it, so you might as, you might as well go. I mean – so that's something that I that's something I really want to do and I really look forward to doing is, you know, really just if I'm going to spend time with the guys this year, I want to create a bond. I want to win football games. And, you know, and when that next step comes, that next step comes. So that's something I that I definitely could see in the foreseeable future. Um, but that's something I'm I'm looking forward to. But I'm really honed in on the season right now. But those guys have definitely set the standard for Temple Office line in the NFL. Um, especially those two. And there's definitely uh, – there's a bunch more. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, I agree. But those two definitely have set the standard. And there's guys that are two guys that I definitely look up to. And, you know, I have a, good, I have a pretty good relationship with Matt. Um, so, I, you know, I love, I love seeing those guys succeed in the NFL. It's awesome for Temple. It's awesome for Temple off to linemen. And, you know, it's awesome for Coach Wees because, you know, he got to, you know, really mold those guys. So, and, you know, with Coach Wees, being able to see the, how he's molded those guys and the NFL players – it really gives you that hope and that that belief makes you want to believe that you can do it too. So that's something that I I really want to happen in my life. But um, just gotta got you gotta work for it. It ain't, it ain't handed to you. So mm-hmm. that's something that you know I can take the things I've learned from Henny 
and take the things I've seen from Dion on social media and all that type of stuff. And, you know, the stories I've heard about him, how great of a person he was, how great of a, you know, the leader was and everything like that. So that's something that I can take and, you know, use it for my, my game and my leadership. And, you know, that's something that I want to take and learn from and use after this last upcoming. Adam, you were, you were a two-year starter at right tackle, and then you, you kind of played more guard since then. And I know a lot of times guys will talk about, you know, Coaches and players will talk a lot about like position versatility. Is there a, a position where you're more comfortable heading into the season? Do you feel like you're more of a tackle than a guard or vice versa? Or does it, does it really matter to you? Um, and you played some center too, I should say as well. Please, so you kind of played all over. Yeah. So I think, I, I think I definitely, um, I think I feel a little more comfortable on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um I think, you know, these past couple of years, I've had, I've had some good games, you know, obviously I dealt with some injuries during the COVID year, but uh, I think this past year, you know, I kind of settled in a little bit on the inside and kind of got a feel for what it's like there. Um, obviously I enjoyed my, my first two years of tackle. Um, that was fun. But uh, I think, I, I think personally, I feel a little more comfortable on the inside, but I'm also not going to say that I'm not going to be ready to play outside if they need me to. So that's something that I really try to, you know, pride myself on is being able to know every position and be able to play every position. Um, that's something that, you know, is really good to, for a coach to have in his back pocket. Uh, if somebody goes down or somebody, you know, is not feeling well for games or anything like that. So that's something I really pride on is that position versatility of, you know, being able to play every position and knowing my, knowing my job at every position on every play. So that's something that I like. But I do feel comfortable playing guard, but I'm also comfortable playing tackle. So, honestly, I'm I'm cool with either one. Um, I, honestly, I'll just do whatever we need to do to you know win football games because that's first and foremost why I came here is why I want to win. And um, whatever position they need me to play, I'll play. So we can we can do that to win the game. What do you feel like you specifically need to work on as a player? Like if you were doing your own Adam Klein scouting report, like what do you feel? How do you feel you played? Again, you've had injuries, uh, but like, what do you feel like you need to specifically work on heading into spring ball and into next year to improve? I think just, you know, I think the biggest thing is just playing with lower pad level. Um, I think playing with lower pad level will help me a lot in the run game. Um, and, you know, it will help me a lot in the past game, you know, when it comes to those, you know, bull rushes, you know, quick moves, just having those lower pads and, you know, quick feet will really help me take it to the next step. Um, I think just being able to play with that leverage uh, is a huge thing when it comes out to the line. And I think if I can really work on that and really listen to Coach Wees and really understand what I need to do to get to that point, I think that can really help me take that next step is is just just playing at player playing maybe two inches lower. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot and it's like a small little detail. But in the O-line world, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I can see myself that, that I need to work on is just being comfortable, being uncomfortable in that position. Um, just, you know, being low, being at the strongest point of attack is being in that, with that leverage. So that's something that I really want to work on this offseason and bring that from spring ball into fall camp and into the season. It's just being able to play with lower pads and being able to get them, get them more movement in the run game. Um, I think I hold up well in pass pro. I just think something I really want to work on is, you know, is, is getting more movement and getting getting bigger holes in the, you know, up front for, for our running backs, make it easier for them to run. So that's something I really want to work on is just being just a little bit better in the run game and and really just, you know, getting that extra, getting that extra, you know, that push up front. So that's something I that's something I want to work on this offseason. So you have – Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, my fault, John. Go ahead. I was, I was like, I'm anxious. He's talking football, and I'm like – I started to like scratch and got this little itch. I'm like, man, what when he draw some runs up? Let me, what kind of pass protection is he talking about? Wonder what the OC is going to install. Like, I'm over here, you know, excited about you know the football talk, like the the, the schemes and stuff. I was a little juiced up to see what they're going to be doing. Send me some plays, at Klein and John. Hey, John, I know we just try to uh, get some some stuff from from Klein there, but no, no one that you play this year is going to listen to our podcast. So you could tell us all the bad stuff about you. No, no one's going to know, bro. So it'll stay between us. Go ahead, John. I got a question after you. Adam, this is the like the $64 million question, but why do you think things didn't work out over the last couple of seasons? Year one under Rod Carey, you guys go eight and four, go to the bowl game. And I mean, you lost pretty handily, but we can also say that was a very good North Carolina team that you guys lost to. 
I know COVID was a part of it, but this year, once things came undone, they really kind of came undone. I, probably a lot to it, but why do you think things didn't didn't work out? As much as you're looking ahead to the future, if you were to look back at the past couple of seasons, what do you think went wrong? Um, I would probably say I think it's just – I think we have a really young team, mm-hmm. um, and – I wouldn't say I think we just we just need to understand, you know, when things go bad, we need to put our foot in the ground. Um, I think sometimes we just let it, you know, we just let it guide and we let it we let it slide um, sometimes. And I think that's something that we can do as a team is is really understand what it takes to put our foot in the ground when things aren't going well, when adversity hits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we can really work on in this offseason is, you know, pushing each other and holding each other accountable, you know, when we want when we don't want to do the hard things, you know, when there's when there's easy things, are we doing the easy are we doing the easy things right? Are we doing it hundred percent? You know, when, when the hard and even when the hard things happen, are we doing them hundred percent? Because you're gonna make mistakes and that's gonna happen. But if you're not doing it hundred percent, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I think that we can really take that next step is is just learning to understand when things are going wrong, like things are going to go wrong in football. Football is an imperfect game. No one has ever played a perfect game of football in their life. And if they have, and they say, they say they have, they're lying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's something that we can really work on as a team. It's just that, is that maturity of understanding when those bad things happen, what we need to do to stop it and reverse it the other way. Now put adversity on the other team. Don't keep don't keep having that that weight on your shoulder of that adversity that you're holding on to all game. Reverse it. Reverse the roles. Give them the adversity, and change the game around. Um, and that's something I think we can really work on as a team. Is and that's only going to come with trial by fire. And that's only going to come when you're in uncomfortable situations with your best friends and your brothers and your teammates. And that comes from winter conditioning. And that starts with winter conditioning. It starts when then with spring ball. It was in a camp summer lifting. So is those uncomfortable positions that our coaches and our strength staff and all that will put us into is where you learn to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think we can really take stride as a team and something we can really work on. And that's where I think we take our next step to get us back to where we were getting back to playing for championships, getting back to playing in meaningful bowl games, you know, Playing against a team like North Carolina, you know, those those shots don't come around very often. You know, we right. play a guy named Sam Howe, who's probably going to be a first-round pick or a second-round pick in this draft this year. Mm-hmm. So that's something you don't always get, and you know, that's a privilege, and we need to earn that. Is you're not going to get, you're not going to be given that. So that's something I think, you know, that we've kind of we kind of let slide the past couple of years, and you know, I'll take ownership of that because I need I need to be a better leader, and I need to look myself in the eye and see like, did I do that too? Did I let everything slide? So that's something that I, that I want to look at in the mirror is understanding what can I do to help the team get there? Cause you know, some of the guys look, see me as a leader. So I need to be able to be the guy they can look to, to maybe, you know, be that first foot in the ground to turn it around. And um, that's something I really want to work on this off season and help these guys out. Cause we have a lot of great players. We have a lot of great talent. And it's just, I think that that's the one step is just that mental part of just understanding, all right, this is, it's the next play, you know, it's whatever it happened. Mm-hmm. We'll let up a touchdown. We'll let up a 10 yard gain, whatever, who cares? Next play, put your foot in the ground, go beat the guy in front of you. You know, it's what football is. It's a one play, one play at a time game. So that's something I think we can really take strides on this off season. Now, in fairness to you, one of the follow-up questions I want to ask you is you talk about like being a leader and trying to hold things together you're doing that during a time in college football that we haven't really seen before. And I know that all, all the guys that left, maybe they didn't like Rod Carey. Maybe they didn't like the vibe. They might've all had their different reasons. Arnold Abiquetti transfers to Penn state works out for him. He's a couple mock drafts. He's going in the first round now, but when guys start leaving, that's, I've never covered a period of college football like that. We haven't really seen it like that. I mean, even some of the, now that some of the top players in the game, are leaving and stunning people when you are one of the guys that stays and you're trying to hold things together and trying to say, we got to put our foot in the ground. We have to like, it's just different than anything we've seen. How hard is it to lead at a time like that? When 
when guys leave during COVID, then there's a losing streak and you just can't get out of it. What was it like to try to hold things together at a time like that where all sorts of other variables in place that we hadn't seen before? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, sure could and be like, you know, you know, we had our ups and downs as we had a lot of downs and it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to be positive when, when you lose seven or whatever games in a row it was. Um, and then when, you know, cause when guys leave, I mean, some of my best friends left, like, you know, it just happens. It's just the way college football works now. Um, I mean, you see guys like, you know, Spencer Rattler and yeah. all those top names are leaving cause you know, they got to make get better opportunities for themselves. And there's no knock on doing that. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, like you're wrong for leaving your team and doing like, you got to do what's best for you. And like, and if it's, if it's a truly your brother and then you got to understand that and be like, you know what, he's got to do what he's got to do for himself. You know, he's got to, you know, think about his future. Um, but I think that's something that has definitely made it hard to lead and it's hard because, you know, a guy can just, leave kind of whenever he wants now um mm. just the nature of college football uh so it, it does make it hard to lead and you know it's something that you kind of just got to learn on the fly uh and it's it's definitely hard and it's frustrating a lot of times um but you know it's just about having that trying to really work on having that patience and trying and i think the biggest thing i can do that will help, you know, kind of take that little bit of hesitant, like that hesitant mindset away is just creating a bond with each and every one of my teammates, like getting to actually know them so that when I do call them out or they call me out, they know that it's out of love and they know it's not me just attacking them um, and like just coming at them for no reason. And I think that's what I could do a better job of is just really getting to know my teammates even better on a deeper level. And I think that will help, you know, during these times where anyone can leave, anyone, coach can leave, player can leave, anything like that, you know, where it makes it hard to lead. Um, but being able to make those connections and make those deeper connections is is something that I really want to work on this offseason because then when you have guys, you know, holding each other accountable and they know it's out of love and they know it's not out of hate or anger or frustration, um, that's where I think a team makes the change and makes a change for the right way. Cause you know, you're holding each other accountable because you love each other. You're not, you're not holding each other accountable because you know, well, you're going to screw us in this run. Like you're, we're going to have extra reps because of you. It's not that it's I'm holding you accountable because I love you and I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want to be, I want you to be the best man you can be for your future and for now and for us. So that's like the biggest thing I, I, I want to work on is just being, being able to understand that and work on those connections and really get to know people better. And cause you know, obviously I'm friends with all the guys on the team, but I want to get to know a little bit more about them. Like what, what makes them do what they want to do? Like, what, what are they like? What is, what are their favorite things to do? So things like that is where I think you can make that connection where now you're holding each other accountable. And it's not like if I yell at you, that guy's going to leave now. Or if a coach yells at you, that guy's going to leave. Or a coach is going to take the next best option. Like, you know what I mean? So that's something that I really think is pivotal <clears throat> for moving forward, especially, like, in this time of leadership is because it's hard. Because, you know, guys got to do what they got to do. Um, but, like, I think if you have that connection, they have that love for each other, that's when, then, you know, people don't want to leave. Uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, say some of those things because when I was there, I was I – was, just I was always just talking to my guys, you know, hey, you have to lead, like you have to speak up, you have to say something. Like people would just be quiet, right? But the, some of the things that you that you mentioned, I'll be curious to see, you know, how you can, you know, get them going. Like, what is your plan of action? You know, like I said, you don't have to talk about it on air, but like I spent time getting to know my my teammates. Like that was a big deal to me. Obviously, playing quarterback, and at the time, like like most of my teammates were black, like African American, right? I'm, so I'm over here from Pittsburgh, PA. You're you went to Episcopal High School you're an offensive lineman who, if you went outside, I, I hate to tell you this, but 95%, 98% of the people on campus don't know who you are because you wear a mask the entire time. You're not the guy that's the the, the main guy. So it's like, how are you going to go ahead and implement, uh, you know, getting to know your teammates better? Um, like, it's like, hey, here's a questionnaire. It's fill it out for me. 
Let me know. <laughs> let me know what your likes. Let me know your dislikes. You have to. You're gonna have to go out of your way. This is how you're gonna have to go out of your way on an almost daily basis to reach each individual guy. And you won't reach everybody because some people are gonna just you know blow you off. And there's other guys that are gonna be like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Because you know as well as I do, the, you know, there's mental health health issues. There's guys that want to hear from you that you don't even know need to hear from you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Exactly. As you go through this, as you go through the stage, and even if if you continue the way that you just you know mentioned to us a, a minute ago, that's some of the things that you're going to come across, and you know the friendships that grow from there could potentially be lifelong. You know, not just the guys like was that Boozer that popped in behind the back door back there? Who was that? Yeah, that was Boozer. Like, <laughs> like like you and Boozer are going to be tight for life. You know what I mean? But like somebody else might not be. So that's a good thing that you're doing, man. And um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to you and see how that's going in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing is, you know, uh, words, words are meaningless unless you bring your actions. So that's something that, you know, that I need to work on as a leader. And, you know, whether it's, you know, having lunch with the dude at the or having breakfast with the guy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and it might start little with just the offensive line room, getting to know them more. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because you think you know a guy, but you really don't. So. I agree. That's that's the plan of action is, you know, is, is taking action, not just sitting by and idly sitting by and letting things happen. Well, good stuff, man. Hey, um, so you're going to be on the AD hot seat. I'm going to name a position. You're going to just tell me and, and the listeners and John, tell me somebody that you think is going to take the next step or somebody that you went against in practice or someone that you've seen this offseason, whatever the case may be that you think is going to showcase his abilities in camp in summer in, in spring ball in camp and winter workouts into the season. Um, so first and foremost, let me hear offensive line. Go. I would say wisdom Quarshi. Wiz, very nice. Love Wiz. Dude's an ox. Defensive line, defensive tackle, inside guy. Zach Gill. Zach Gill coming off an injury. Yep. Very nice. Defensive end. Hmm. I think Evan Boozer. Boozer coming off an injury. <laughs> Love it. And I, I, hey, Booz, are you back there? Did you make him say that? <laughs> nah, he ain't back there. I'm being, I'm being nice. Evan <laughs> Boozer interned at uh, at the Union League, and his boss was my second cousin, nice. uh, Bianca DeCurtis, who, who's also a Delaware County native from Havertown. So when he, he talked about the Union League, I said, do you know Bianca DeCurtis? He's like, that's my that's my boss. And then so I texted her, and she's like, oh, I love him. This is great. So anyway, sorry, just cutting in there. Go ahead. Nope. How about running back? Running back. Um, I think I think Edward Sadie takes that next step this year. Good. Linebacker. It's a good one. Um, I think Jordan McGee. Jordan McGee's mm. gonna he's gonna keep it up and keep going. Good. I'm not gonna mention any secondary or wide receivers. I mean, I could say tight ends because you messed with them a little bit. I'll save that around for the next time. But um, good answers, man. That's good stuff. Very nice. Go ahead, John. Uh, Adam, wanted to ask you about the the new strength coach, Chris Fennell, and I know that you guys have only had what, a matter of weeks with him, but you know we know that that's I mean every position on the staff is important, but I think you know the average fan may not realize just how important that strength coach is. We were talking about it a little bit before we recorded. Again, you guys have been through it as college football players, and I have, and I never played college ball, but everybody talks to me about how the strength coach is so important. You're going to spend more time around them really than anybody else. What are your early impressions of Chris and his staff? I mean, he comes with a pretty nice resume and was at Ohio State. What do you think of that group so far? Um, so far, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks, but I I think they have a great vision ahead of us. You know, I think they're taking Coach Drayton's vision for the program and setting it off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, the fir- they're the first step in – making the change and making that step forward. And I really, I, I really have, so this is my third strength coach. So I've, I've seen, you know, a little bit of everything kind of. And I think, I think coach, coach Chris has a great, a great vision for us. And the energy that he brings to the weight room is contagious, his entire staff. Um, And I think that's something that is going to be really important for us. Like you said, we were talking about earlier, like I would say 90% of my winter and summer is going to be spent with that strength staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, coaches are gone. Coaches are recruiting. Coaches are on vacation. You know, they get their time off. But 
the strength guys are are the guys that you're going to work with in the weight room every single morning, you know, depending on whatever time you're working at, you know, but I'll be there at 6 a.m. every day with that, with that strength staff. And they'll be yelling and screaming, bringing the energy, bringing the juice. Um, so I'm really excited for what they have planned for us. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, really getting going on these winter workouts. And I'm really excited for what they have planned for us. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a fresh start. It's a, it's a new, it's a new type, it's a new type of deal. So you're always excited, you know, to get something new. Um, but I think, you know, what they're going to bring to us every day is going to feel like a fresh start. And, you know, it's something where you're going to want to go to work every day and you're going to want to go to work in that weight room and get better. And not many people know, but your success comes from the weight room. If you're not sitting in the weight room every day, you know, especially off the defensive line, you know, if you're not squat rack, the bench press, all that type of stuff, you're not going to be successful. Um, you got to be able to move guys, especially up front. So that's something, you know, that we're really going to pride ourselves on. I think in the weight room this year, the O-line, D-line is, is, is pushing each other. And I think Coach Chris and the rest of his staff are, are a great group of guys that get, get that done for us and really give us that motivation and energy. And, you know, obviously we have that motivation for ourselves, but, then, you know, they're going to bring that extra, that extra little bit, that extra little juice, that extra little energy um, that we need. And I'm really excited, you know, to keep working with them and, you know, see where it goes. I wanted to ask you about somebody else who's I was happy to see she got an award recently, someone who's kind of behind the scenes. It doesn't get a lot of credit, but she is now uh, Paige Schimberg, your, your head equipment manager. She was recently, hey, shout out to Paige. recently, recently named the yeah. District 2 Equipment Manager of the Year uh, by the Athletic Equipment Managers Association. You hear her name comes up and everybody everybody really seems to like her. Um, Stan Drayton must have liked her enough to keep her around. and and uh, But everybody glows about it when her name comes up. Uh, what can you tell us about Paige again, somebody who just works behind the scenes and it's, you know, it's a lot of work and, you know, things don't work well if she's not working well, but everybody speaks really glowingly about her. What is it about her that, that people really like? Oh, Paige is the, Paige is the best. Um, you know, she's kind of like, you know, kind of like one of our, one of our extra moms, if that makes sense. It's kind of like our second mom. Um, so, you know, she's always taking care of us. You know, she's, she's great. You know, we always have our gear, all our gear is always ready. Everything's always ready to go. Um, everything's always smooth sailing with equipment and stuff like that. So whenever there's a problem, Paige fixes it with equipment and, you know, and she always comes to work with a smile on her face and, you know, she brings good energy and, you know, she's, I, I can't say enough good things about her. And, um, you know, she's always there to talk. She's always there, you know, if you need her, if you need help, um, if you have anything you need to talk about, anything like that, you know, Paige is always there to help. And, you know, it's, it's fitting that she won that award because she deserves it. And, you know, we're very proud of her as, um, as a group of guys. And, you know, I don't think a single guy on this team would say something bad about Paige. And cause I think we all love her and she's a great lady and she's helped us out so much and we can't thank her enough. And we're all very happy for her that she won that award. Mm-hmm. Adam, when we were when we were setting this up with Rich, we were, we were planning around your internship schedule. I want to hear about your internship and where you're interning and how you like it. And if you could tell our listeners about where you're interning and what's going into that, how it's going for you. Yeah, so I'm uh so for my my major, my last uh, thing I have to do is to do a 40 hour internship. Um, so not taking any classes right now, just strictly doing an internship in football, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interning for Temple Athletics uh, events and operations. So uh, that's something that, you know, I could maybe see myself doing in the future, you know, outside of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far it's been going well. Uh, it's, I'm, about a, I'm about a week in. It's my first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, going from that, going from the early morning lifts uh, to, you know, working a, working a full day job mm-hmm. uh, is tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't think it was going to be as tiring as I, as I, uh, as I imagined. Uh-huh. But yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff has come from it. And I think, you know, I'm going to learn a lot from, you know, these guys that are, you know, ahead of me, you know, Brian Culp is my supervisor and he, he's, uh, he's taught me a lot so far, you know, and it's kind of just, you know, trying to be a sponge and just learning about everything that comes to, you know, whether taking, setting up an event or taking down an event, um, you know, you know, fixing basically a lot of problems that happen and, you know, foreseeing those problems and making sure they don't happen. Um, so a lot of those things that is, it's been exciting to work with and get to, you know, pick their brain a little bit and learn about maybe a career that I could be interested in doing later on in life is, um, 
is something I've been really grateful for. And I'm excited to, you know, move forward and, and keep going with for the rest of the semester. So and I also get to be a bigger Owls fan than usual because I'll be at every sporting event, mm-hmm. whether that's fencing, <laughs> basketball, men's or women's. Please, uh, please post a video. Please post a video of you doing fencing. Please. <laughs> I'd love to see you in a, in a fencing cost. Hey, John, you talked, he, he talked about, um, you know, whatever the, the profession, you know, the NFL or, you know, I mean, working in the deal that you're doing now, the internship. Mm-hmm. What about the profession of dog sitting, Klein? Wow. Now, now John, <laughs> I went on, I don't know if I went on a vacation. I drove home where I was recruiting and I didn't have no one that watched my dog beast. So I actually had, I think it was Klein. Love it. Who else? You, Jarman, Trad, Aaron Jarman, and Trad Beatty. So they came to my house in Cherry Hill. I really don't care if anyone, if any coaches aren't allowed to do this, but they came to my house. They, they watched my dog, uh, they ate all my food. Um, and they left it in a good in a good spot. My dog was like a puppy at the time, so he was Aww. pretty nuts. So I don't know what. I mean, if he's nuts now, it's probably their fault. So they, I mean, they could—they probably <laughs> left him outside in the yard all night. <laughs> yeah, we could have—we could do an entire podcast on on dogs. Dogs I, and dogs. Amir, Amir brought his dog out when Dion had his event in the summer, and Amir's dog came right up to me. I like completely lost track of what I was asking him, and he's like, "Dogs rolling over for belly scratches yeah. and stuff." My dog <laughs> voice came out it was bad, but like, yeah, no, yeah. Had, the name—the name Beast is fitting. Is fitting for the dog. He was he was definitely he was definitely a beast. He was a lot to handle, but uh, <laughs> that is something that that's something that me and those guys still talk about sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, great. So that's that's great. A, a funny story, you know, that we'll have for a long time together. Yeah, um, those are two of my best friends. So yeah, uh, that's something we'll definitely you know we'll still be talking about when we're later on in life when we want to watch the dog. So <laughs> you guys have uh, a, you guys have a dog there in your apartment now or no? No, sadly, no. Um, I wish I did. I've always wanted to have a dog, but um, hopefully, maybe when I'm when I uh, I'm older, I can actually you know financially you know afford a dog. I'll be able to get one. So that's something. Hey, that's goal of mine there's a lot of these nil deals going on. Dog sitters. <laughs> if there's any dog sitters listening, companies that dog sit, Adam Klein should be your number one signee right now. So content information just <laughs> listen to believe podcast temple football believe in temple football and we'll get all the info to you thank you <laughs> yeah Adam, but before we get to a couple of mailbag questions here and i mean you kind of talked about some of this just now but like uh i like asking guys this because once the season comes around you, you guys probably get sick of answering the same questions from from people like us but what's something that maybe you don't get the chance to talk about outside of football what's something that like something people wouldn't know about you outside of temple football Ooh, um, it's a good one. Uh, recently this past summer, I've become a big golf guy. Uh, wouldn't have pictured myself being a big golf guy. Cause you know, right now I don't have clubs that fit me. Uh-huh. So, uh, I kind of look like, you know, like the hunchback in Notre Dame where I'm, <laughs> the, you know, the, uh, golf club trying to hit the ball. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, you know, yeah, my brother's laughing at me all the time. When I'm out there, but that's something that um, I've actually really – I've really picked up as a hobby that mm-hmm. is something that I, I've had a lot of fun with and probably something I'll do for the rest of my life. Um, and I didn't think I'd be that big of a fan of it, but I am. Um, I always thought it was, you know, you know, one of those things that people just said. that was like, oh, well, I love golf. Like, it's, I'm like, this is so – it seems so boring. Like, you're just out there – you're doing nothing. I mean, you're hitting the ball every once in a while. But, like, it's actually – it's been a great time, and I, I love it. You know, going out with friends, having a good time out on the course and stuff like that that's something that i really like to do um in the summer whenever i can so that's something that you know i like i really picked up on this past summer and i've had a great time where'd you play so i played at the springfield uh country club springfield golf course i almost got kicked uh years ago for my birthday a couple of my buddies uh, a guy that 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 adam knows is the the principal out at montour high squat in pittsburgh they wanted to go more than i went they were like let's go golfing for your birthday and i'm made decent as a stretch and i don't know what they call him like the course marshal or like the, the one of the guys that just like rides around and i like really badly sliced a drive dropped a couple of f-bombs i look over and the guy's right there and i kind of gave him like this vince vaughn look i was like i don't know what you expect me to say if you want to kick me out of here i'm totally fine with it he's like <laughs> you just not drop f-bombs right i was like yeah totally fine i was embarrassed that happened at the springfield country club i was like i want to crawl out of my skin but it's yeah it, it's fun, but I'm not good at it, but it's fun. As long as you don't take it too seriously, I guess. Just, yeah, just because I say I play golf doesn't mean I'm very good. So 
I like to like get out there and have fun. So I try my best, but uh, I'm working and it's a very frustrating game, but uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. As an athlete, you want to, you want to be a good competitor. And when you're not being a good competitor because you stink at something, uh-huh. it's, it's frustrating. So I try to just go out there, have a good time, but uh, hopefully I'll get a little bit better, you know, as I get older. We had Matt, uh, got a one, two, three, few mailbag questions here that came in. Uh, from Twitter, the one Twitter handle here is Matt Debs, and the question is, who does Adam think can be the next great Delco Al? High bar with him and Arch, of course, Dan Archibong before him, and hashtag one nine zero six four. That is the the Springfield uh, zip code for those of you who don't know. Uh, who's the next Del? Who's the next great Delco Al beside you? I guess. First, I gotta give a you know shout out to Arch. You know, mm-hmm. playing for the Steelers this year. You know, AD probably loves it. You know, yeah, I talked to Arch. I talked to him two days ago. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. You know, he's worked so hard to get there. You know, uh, I couldn't be happier for Arch. He's killing it, setting a good standard for the 064. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> see, uh, but a good Delco. Oh, that's a good question. Whew. Um. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I haven't I haven't really followed much of the Delco football recently. I mean, obviously my brother my brother coaches for Episcopal, so I know a little bit of their about their players. I know they got a young quarterback. Uh, he's gonna be pretty good. Send them uh, down to DBP, baby, down in Pittsburgh. My brother's <laughs> performance, shouting out to my to the business. What about I mean? What about anybody on the current roster? Ooh, that's a good one. I think Trey Blair. I think Trey Blair could definitely. You know, he's from Delco. You know, yeah. uh, Avertown guy. You know, give him some crap for that. I mean, Howardtown's all right, but you know, I think Springfield's just a little bit better. His signing day press conference that uh, that the high school is like three blocks from my house, and so they asked if I could come down there and get him on the phone. I was like, I'll just walk down there. It was fun. It was pre-COVID when we didn't have to worry about being inside the building and stuff. Yeah, I, I think Trey's got a shot, right? Wondering yeah, whether I think he's going to be super athletic guy, super yeah. talented, super hardworking. Um, you know, got a you know chip on his shoulder. I think he's. I think he's definitely somebody that I think could be an actually good kid out of Delco, and uh, you know I'm really excited for see what he could do for these next couple of years for Temple, and uh, you know it's something that I'm looking forward to watching. Did Arch ever give you crap for not going to Springfield High School? They say he thought you were too good for Springfield and went to Episcopal. Obviously, terrific, terrific school. But did he ever tease you about that? Uh, maybe a little bit in the beginning. I mean, if you look at Springfield now, the way they just redid the high school, yeah. Crap, I would have went there. I mean, I would have went yeah. there for free. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think a little bit in the beginning when I first got there as a freshman. Uh, but because um, as we got to know each other a little better. But uh, I think, you know, it would have been fun playing with Arch at Springfield. So that would have been fun. This is a question for me. I told you I was going to ask you this beforehand. Uh, I I'm, I feel like I'm in a food rut. My wife and I are in a food rut in Havertown. Missed some of the stuff in the city. Give me a couple of, like, good – food recommendations in Delaware County, maybe like some stuff in Springfield. that's not too far away from us. So my first would be Charlie's hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of Charlie's hamburgers. Um, you know, absolutely delicious, a little pricey, but delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I got this little spot. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a chain. Nick's roast beef is a big, yeah, uh, it's good. I'm, yeah. a big, I'm a big fan of Nick's roast beef. Yeah. I uh, love that. Go, go and watch the games there, hanging out with my buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of another spot. It's a tough one. Delco Steaks uh, is – I've had a couple times. Um, actually was, on Westchester Pike, I ate there. I was running an errand, and I'm supposed to be on a diet. I'm trying – like my wife and I are loosely trying the Whole30 diet, and that is definitely not Whole30 compliant. <laughs> and I was running an errand. I drove past. I was like, I, I got to check this out. Yeah, there's a, there's one in Springfield that has like a little golf course added onto it. Me and my friends are gonna you know try that out in the summer this year. Yeah. So, uh, that or a little like pup putt course, I'd say mm-hmm. golf course. But um, yeah, I'd, I, those are probably three of the places that I'd say try out. Um, big on Charlie's though. I'm a huge huge Charlie's hamburgers guy. What about pizza? Ooh, pizza. So I usually stay local with my pizza. So I'll usually you know I'll either go to this place called Coco's. Or I will. Coco's. Yeah. Big. Uh, I like Coco's Pizza. Um, mm-hmm. I also uh, saw this place called Chirino's Pizza in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty solid. I like their I like their pie. Um, um, and then like there's some uh, there's one place in media that I'm a big fan of. It's called Pinocchio's. 
Yes, Pinocchio's um, is good. Coco yes. and Pinocchio's. You guys are living the dream. I didn't know there's <laughs> like, I can't like 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 I can't. I, there's no way those are real names. Yes, no it, Pinocchio's is Pinocchio's is what on? Is that on? It's not on State Street or whatever. Like my my brother's an accountant. Oh, yeah. and or something. It, like um, it looks like you walk in, it looks like a diner, right? Sort of, but yeah. like yeah, their pizza is really good. And then the one, the one other pizza place that's like right in like the Swarthmore area, uh, Double Decker yeah. has the best inside out pizzas I've ever had. So mm-hmm. that's a big, that's a big fan of mine too. I love that. This Adam, this, this podcast has taken just a complete Delaware County mm-hmm. turn. Yeah, we're going to steer out of it and steer out of it in a second. As but, it should, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff for all of our Del- Delco listeners. This is, uh, this is for all of you. Um, couple more mailbag questions. Uh, the next one, the Twitter handle here is Richie61. Uh, what is your opinion on the return of Dewan Mathis, Iverson Clement? We don't know if Iverson's officially back yet, but uh, Dewan Mathis, Iverson Clement, and Chris Weezahan. You've obviously talked a, a lot about Weez, but um, about Dewan, you know, enters, said he was going to enter the portal, but has decided to come back. What does that mean to you? Um, I'm excited. Uh, it's probably the shortest way to say it is that I'm just, I'm excited. I think, you know, Dewan is a guy with a lot of talent mm-hmm. and a lot of great attributes, and I think he could be a really good quarterback, and I think he's on his way there. And I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to have him back, and I'm excited that he chose to stay. And that is something that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he does, um, you know, because I want him to take that next step as a leader. And, you know, I want guys to buy in and, um, and really – understand i want him to understand like he is gonna, he's gonna have a pivotal role for this team and um I, i'm excited for him to be back and i'm excited for him to take that next step and uh, i'm looking forward to it this is this final mailbag question at this i think this would be a good one to wrap things up i kind of want to throw this out to to both you guys um because adam you you grew up around here you see it as a player then you play with these guys Adam, as a player and as a coach, you've you've gone through this. The, the question comes from the, the Twitter handle is B Mohan Brian. And his question is, how long do you think it will take the new staff to grow recruiting roots and where should they focus? Um, I think the biggest thing is just getting local talent mm-hmm. um, out of the state of PA, Jersey, um, you know, Delaware, you know, that tri-state area, uh, you know, getting to that Baltimore, Maryland area. You know, that, that like, little clump of state, like, right there, um, those states, I think is huge. And I think, you know, getting ties there and understanding, you know, being able to take some guys away from, like, you know, the bigger schools like Penn State and Pitt, um, those type of schools. So I think that those areas, you know, being able to take, you know, guys from Pittsburgh, you know, guys, even, you know, down south from – Georgia, Florida, but I think the really main thing that we I think is something that we really should take over is that is that state of PA, state of Jersey, Delaware, Maryland. Um, like those four states, I think are huge. Uh, I think we can get a lot of talent um, as there's there's a lot of talent on our team right now from those guys guys from those states. So I think you know letting people know that you know Temple's the place to be. And like right from that area is huge. And I think that, I don't know if, if AD, you know, he's done a lot more recruiting than I have. Um, I think that if Temple's looking for a new director of player personnel, that you could easily be it because I mean, you just nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever you, whatever you just said, I could have just said, and, you know, obviously you try to get the, the guys, the local guys and, you know, really dig in and evaluate those guys at a, at, at a deep and in-depth level. And I've already seen the staff down in Florida. So, I mean, I know, you know, we've had some success with guys in Florida who've, you know, we don't get many of them, but when they do, they're usually successful. They've, they've thrown offers to four stars, five stars, three stars. I mean, they've offered everyone down there. It seems like the defensive staff at least. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be interesting. I don't think it's going to take too long. You know I mean? As long as I think, you know, Coach Drayton shows his face in certain areas and makes sure that those guys know that I've already heard, seen him mention open-door policy, open-door policy. So he's he's taking the Jeff Collins approach whenever he got here to just come down whenever you want. The doors are always open and come learn. So. Um, John, before we get out of here with him, I want to see. I'm not going to ask you any kind of questions about betting. I just want to know your NFL. Who do you? Who are you picking this week in the games? Ready, John? I want to hear yours too. First, you, Klein. I want Cincinnati and Tennessee, Klein. I think Cincinnati pulls off the upset. I think John. Joey. I think Joey B. Johnny. 
Absolutely. Uh, How do you go? You can't, you can't, you're going to go against your, you're going to go against your former head coach, Al Golden, the linebacker. I love, I love, I love Al Golden, but I don't know if defensively they're going to be good enough to Tennessee is playing really, really good football right now. They are. Um, And healthy. I would like to see the Bengals win. It's Mm -hmm. more, it'll be better for, for football, I think. Because mm-hmm. the Titans have seemed fairly boring to me, so I'll, I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Even though I think Tennessee's going to be my, I'm going with my heart. San Francisco and Green Bay, Klein. I think, I think I'm going to go with Green Bay, especially if Warner and uh, Bosa aren't playing. Mm. They play. Forty Nine ers got a shot. Mm. How? What is the latest on 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 Bosa? Do we know? Let's see. Huh? Bosa I mean, the- will play. Bosa's playing. That can help. I think I kind of like the. I, I think and, I kind of like the. I think I kind of like the Niners coming off of like what they did last last week. And to go back, uh, Derrick Henry is playing for the Titans this week. Right. I ca- I just kind of have a feeling that the Bengals are are not only gonna. I mean, if I lose, who the hell really? If they lose, yeah. I'm wrong. Who really cares? But like, I, I think they win. I think they win. I just have a gut feeling that they are. I mean, it's, it's easy to say Henry's coming off an injury. I mean, he's a stud, obviously. I have a feeling like the Bengals are going to win by a couple of touchdowns. I think mm. I think Burrow's going to play out of his mind again. Um, I'm going to I'll I'll have faith in Al Golden's linebackers and yeah. they'll keep him in check. I think they win by a couple of touchdowns. Nice. I'm going to go with Green Bay. I you could, I ain't betting against Aaron Rodgers ever in my existence. I think he's just too special and he's not going to go out like this just yet. Rams and Tampa Bay. I'll go first here. Ain't beating Tom Brady so. I don't care if you got Aaron Donald. I don't care if you have, they have stud defensive linemen all over the field. Tom Brady ain't going down. Yeah, I I think it's just I think it's self-explanatory. Tom Brady. I think Tom mm. Brady just it's, it's it's Tom Brady. I mean, you saw what he did to the to my Eagles last week. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, yeah, I, there's nothing. There's really nothing yeah. else. You can say TV. TV. I will say though. I will say though, if if Jensen and Wirfs aren't playing, it could get Wirfs isn't playing. He's not playing. He get real interesting up front for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I the think, left tackle for yeah. the Rams isn't playing either. Whitworth. Whitworth's not playing. He's out too. No. So the, the right tackle for the right tackle for the Bucks, left tackle for the uh, Rams are out. Those are two centerpieces for both teams. So mm-hmm. who you got, John? The Bucks, and I think for for just a, a, as much as in addition to Brady, Todd Bowles, I think mm-hmm. like. You know, Stafford obviously had a hell of a season and hit a bit of a rut. And he, he's a great quarterback, but I think, you know, Brady's great, but I think I think Todd Bowles will scheme scheme them out of, I mean, not, you know, Cooper Cup is tremendous. I'm not saying he's going to shut them out or anything like that, but they've got great, great coaches there. It'll be a hell of a game, but I think the Bucs win. And last but not least, Buffalo and KC. Who you got? Gotta gotta go with Buffalo. Gotta, gotta, gotta go with Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> for, for obviously, obviously, Temple reasons with Dion, you know, yeah. but um, I just think I think Buffalo's on a roll. I think Josh Allen is the real deal. I think he's proved it, and I think uh, I think he comes out and he beats Patty Mahomes. Mm. John, yeah, I'm going with the Bills too. I mean, they played a damn near perfect game. Yeah, like yeah, they it's it's fun to see. I'm happy for Dion. Happy for you know, happy for Tyler too, and you know. um, like I said, my, my buddy who I mentioned before, Todd Price, who's out at Montour, he's been a, a you grew up in um in Bradford and he's been a long suffering Bills fan. And uh they've got such a great fan base up there. So I'd I'd love to I'd love to see him win that game. But I think they're gonna do it. I do I I I hope the Bills win, but I, I think the Chiefs, but Mahomes, it's still Mahomes is it's still his NFL. I don't care what anyone else has done, it's still Mahomes is still the face of the NFL. And I don't see them losing as much as I want. You know, Tyler and, and Dion, and there's two Pittsburgh kids, DeMar Hamlin, Dane Jackson, playing for them. As much as I'd love to see those guys be successful, and I still, in my heart of hearts, thinks, you know, Mahomes is still the NFL's face, and he's not going to lose just yet either. I still love to see him versus either Brady and Rodgers. That's my Super Bowl, and we'll call it from there. So, But that was my final final uh, little deal right there, John, so you could bring us home. This Adam, this is this was a hell of a lot of fun. I appreciate it. This is uh, we got a little bit of everything. We got Temple football talk, insight into the program, some some Delco talk, some Delco food talk, and then Adam closes it out with NFL picks. I think we covered uh, covered just about everything today. I really appreciate it, man. Best of best of luck to you, and I'll hopefully uh, 
see you soon when uh, when spring ball comes around. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to you guys getting out there. You know, getting looking forward to everyone getting out there. Alumni, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you know, you know where we go with this, and I'm, I think you guys are going to be really excited to see where we're at when the, when spring ball comes around. So, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this season. Let's go, baby. Who's here, bro? Oh, there's Bob. Come on. Come on. Oh, Easton wants to see his buddy climb. There it is. Oh, something, man. There's my I'm going to close out any better. Close it out with the beast, man. Aww. He said, wait, what did you say, beast? He wants to know when you're going to come watch him again. Me and the wife are going to need a night out. <laughs> I got to hit up my buddies. And we'll yeah, see talk to him, you going to pay his travel expenses? Oh, I got um, Once he graduates, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, fine, man. It's always good to hear from you, man. Tell us to the guys. I said hello, and I'm um, looking forward to getting out of here. Yeah, I got you, baby. Don't worry. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.